welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. So great to see you this morning. Thank you to the worship team. Amazing, amazing. Love the lyrics of that song where it talks about God stepping into our Egypt. Speaking of the thing that we're going through, you know, we all have an Egypt that's holding us down. We all have an Egypt that's holding us back. Just like Egypt was a place where Israel was held back in a place of slavery. But Moses came, God raised up a leader to deliver them from that place. And Moses was a picture of what Jesus has done. He comes into our Egypt and pulls us out to bring us into the promise that he has for us. And so thank you to the worship team. What a powerful, powerful song. Meditate on that this week. I know I know, it's that kind of perspective that we need in this season to really continue to strengthen our journey as we move forward. But I want to welcome our Kingdom Culture community online, all those that are watching with us from around the world or wherever you're watching from, either live or after the fact. I want to welcome you. If it's on Facebook or on YouTube or even on Instagram, please let us know where you're watching from. Let us know what you think about the message. Let us know what you think about the worship, the experience, the whole thing. We'd love to get your feedback. Love to stay in touch with you. And please, please, please comment, like, and share the link, share the broadcast. It would mean the world to us as we want to see this message continue to spread and impact and strengthen many people's lives. So today, I really want to talk about a message, and I really believe that this message is going to be very instructional for you. The Holy Spirit's going to be, I believe, bring some really powerful instruction to you. But I want to talk about a message that you probably heard many, many times before, at least the concept, uh, this, this idea of vision. You know, I know that we're inundated with messages about having vision and having a vision for your life and having goals for your life. But I really felt today that the Holy Spirit wanted to empower us in this area and remind us of some of the nuts and bolts of what it means to steward and walk out a vision in our life. And yes, I know that you've heard messages like this, so don't tune out yet, okay? This is going to be a little bit different. I think there's so much pressure in society today to have vision and to follow the sort of the plan that the world thinks is success. And that's what vision should look like. Have a successful business and, you know, have a successful this and a successful that and hit this target by this age. And we think that that's vision. I want to go a little bit deeper because it's not really the vision that I'm talking about. That may be a goal. That may be a target. That may be a hope for you. But I want to talk about kingdom vision today. I want to talk about what God looks at when he looks at vision. And there's a big difference between success and significance. That's the call over all of our lives in this life to leave significance, to leave a legacy behind, not just to have a great big target, hit the target and, you know, kind of that's it. And, and hopefully your kids will be inspired. Hopefully your friends and your family will be inspired. No, I'm talking about leaving a spiritual significant legacy behind. And so our whole goal is to find God, what is your kingdom vision for my life so that I can leave something of value behind, okay? Not to say that your goals aren't valuable, not to say that your targets aren't valuable in life, but I'm talking a little bit more towards the side of what God looks at when he thinks about or talks about or has or, or desires for us when it comes to vision, okay? And like I said, there's a big difference between kingdom vision and personal vision when it comes to one's life, okay? We all have personal goals, we all have personal targets like I've mentioned, but there's a difference between personal goals and targets and personal vision to kingdom vision. You know, you may have aspirations to be a doctor, a lawyer, 
a mother, teacher, some sort of educator, media personality, investor, politician, or whatever the case may be for you. But it doesn't mean that it's a kingdom vision. You see, the difference is the why. That changes everything. That changes whether or not it's personal vision, just the vision, success-driven, or a kingdom vision, which is significance-driven. So if you want to be a doctor, is it the salary? Is it security? Is it recognition from your family? Or is it because you want to make it your mission to help love and bring healing to people and use it as a bridge to share the love of Jesus with, with, with people? See, the difference here is always the motivation, the why you are doing what you are doing. And that's what I want to hit a little bit today. And I believe it's really going to empower so many of you. Now, the Hebrew writer in the book of Hebrews gives us, I believe, uh, the nuts and bolts of how to steward, when I say steward, manage, okay, and be responsible with a kingdom vision, okay? Now, like I said, I want you to hear me, okay? You may have big vision for your business, but it does not mean it's kingdom vision, okay? I want to get to the core of what it means to have kingdom vision, the why you're doing what you're doing, the mission behind it. Is God first place in it? Because if he is, I'm telling you, it will be significant when you die, significant. It will leave a significant impact, not only when you die, forget that for a second, but while you live. Not just when you die, but while you live. You don't just want success in life, you want significance. So let's go to Hebrews Chapter 12, I'm going to read a, a very um, uh, red verse. Probably if you've been around in church or you've heard me speak before, you've heard uh, this passage read, but I'm going to read it out of the message translation, okay? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. This is talking about, in other translations, you'll hear it like read like, the great cloud of witnesses, the disciples, the apostles that have gone before us, that have died, the, the, um, the, the prophets, the priests of old, the Moseses, the Elijahs, the Elishas. These guys, they're, they're up there cheering us on, hoping and believing that we will finish the same race that they were called to finish and that they finished, that we will also but that we would even take it further. They're cheering us on. The great cloud, the Hebrew writer says, the cloud of witnesses. In this translation, it, it talks about it as pioneers who blaze the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means, we. that's what it says. Let me continue. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running. Start, go after it. Just get it started and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins which is speaking of excess, okay? Things that are holding you down. Keep, I love this, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race we're in. There's a connection between, between you know, our, our vision and running in life, fighting this fight well, winning the race, okay? But also keeping our eyes on Jesus who is the beginning and is the end, who is the author and finisher of our faith. In this translation, it says, both began and finished the race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he's our prototype. He's our cornerstone, right? The, the, the term cornerstone, Jesus as the cornerstone, means he is the first stone set in place that all the other stones, like in a building, are set in reference to. It's the first, it's the starting point. He is the, the cornerstone. Study how he did it, because he, Jesus, never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. That's convicting. Are you able to put up with anything along the way? Part of stewarding kingdom vision is to push through when the things that come against you that oppose God's vision in your life, you're able to move through them. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor. This is the reward. There's no reward in life without risk. There's no... There's no a purpose in life without pain, okay? Jesus saw the purpose, saw his purpose, saw the plan of God, the promise of God, that he would sit in the place of honor, that he had to go through what he had to go through for our benefit, for our salvation, okay? And he pushed through the challenges, pushed through the pain, and now is in a place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging, I love this, flagging, when you find yourself flagging, struggling, in your faith, it's hard. 
It's challenging. You want to give up. Go over that story again. Remind yourself of who Jesus is, what he went through, what his life was like, his death, his resurrection. Remind yourself of the gospel that has set you free, the message of Jesus that has set you free, the hope for your souls. Remind yourself. Go over that story again. It's why we do communion. Item by item, it says here, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. Remind yourself of the pain he went through. Remind yourself of the, 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 the things that came against him and how he persevered. Remind yourself of that. That, this is what it says, I love this, this is how it ends. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. My prayer today is that God would give you some Holy Ghost adrenaline into your weary soul today. Or maybe you're strong, you feel great. You feel like you're on top of the world, that God would energize you even more today. I want to just say this one thing as we move forward on today's message, that when you hear the term, keep your eyes on Jesus, you know, back in the first few verses of this out of the message translation, because I believe this is the crux of how we steward kingdom vision, okay? When he talks about keeping your eyes on Jesus, this word signifies undivided attention. This is not just like a, I tune in once a week to Kingdom Culture Online. This is not like a, when it's convenient for me, like I get into the word. When it's convenient for me, I think about God and like I do my daily prayers and I read my Matthew 6 prayer that's on my fridge magnet on the fridge, you know. This is not what I'm talking about. The Hebrew writer has said, I, I want, if you're going to win this race, if you're going to run with vision, okay, if you're going to steward and make it to the end, and you follow the patterns of Jesus, the number one core uh, element that you need to have in your life is to keep your eyes on Jesus, to focus on him with undivided attention. What's dividing our attention in this season? Ask yourself that question. I'm asking that myself to myself all the time. What's dividing my attention? It means looking away from all distractions in order to fix one's gaze on one object. Remember, we live for an audience of one. When he's first and everything else is second, things work out in our life. We want significance, not success. So today I want to talk about stewarding, write this down, a kingdom vision. Stewarding a kingdom vision. And obviously, you know, the, the core of this passage is when we're struggling, when we're flagging in our faith, the Hebrew writer says, go over that story again. We need to remind ourselves of the gospel, remind, which is why we do communion anyways, is, is to remind ourselves, to bring back to the forefront of our focus what he's done in his death and resurrection so we can enable ourselves to be strong again when we're weak, okay? This is why we do that. So I want to encourage us to go over this story again and again in this season if maybe we're struggling. But even if you're not struggling, even if you feel like you're on the mountaintop and it's like the best season ever, that's when it's actually often most dangerous. Being in the valley keeps you on your toes because you're, you're, you're aware of the attacks. You're aware of the challenges. You're aware of the darkness. When you're on the mountaintop, you're like, nothing can touch me up here. And that's actually where you're most vulnerable. So I would say even more, continue to stay in that place. The same way that you got through the valley in life and to the mountain is the same way you need to maintain your position on that mountain. Now I'm speaking symbolically here, but both many different people watching are in different types of seasons, okay? So we don't change our uh, the way we operate or the way we perceive God just because we're in a good season. We need to stay in that place of humility, stay in that place of vulnerability, stay in that place of brokenness, and ultimately stay in that place of focusing our attention, undivided on him if we're going to win. So we're talking about stewarding a kingdom vision. Now, like I said, and I've kind of referenced this, this message is for everybody watching, okay? If you're in the valley or you're on the mountaintop. Maybe you've lost vision in this season. This message is for you. Maybe, you know, you're confused, you're distracted. Maybe you need new energy uh, for the vision that you have because it's waning in this season. There's been some things that have come your way that have just been a little bit disappointing and discouraging. Maybe you are doing great and this will just simply add fuel to the fire. That's my prayer for you. Uh, maybe you're retired and wonder, is there even any time for me to have vision? Like, And I just believe absolutely. Listen, 
if you're retired and you're near what you would feel like is closer to the last decade or couple decades of your life or even couple years of your life, now is the time to have the greatest vision. And that's to get your affairs in order in such a way that you can invest in the next generation spiritual legacy. You know, there's so many of you out there watching that are in your older years. You have so much to give, so much treasure to give, so much wisdom to give. Now is the time not to squander that seed and hold it back for fear of what if the young generation rejects it, doesn't accept it. No, it's, it's the time for you to invest your seed. Of course, you may invest seed on soil that doesn't embrace the seed. It may lose the seed. It may not grow anything, but you may just invest in some soil that's super fertile and may grow incredible fruit because you were willing to let go, willing to invest what was in you. I want to encourage you, the elderly out there, don't give up. You need vision in this season more than ever. Stewarding the kingdom vision, the mission over your life to invest in the next generation and also in your generation. It's not time to just retire from the mission that God's given you. You may be retired from your job that paid you money, but you never retire from kingdom. You never retire from being mission-minded and doing the things that God's called you to do and investing in people's lives. So I want to encourage you, don't quit, don't give up. If you could connect with any of these things that I just said, this message is 100% for you. Now, if you watched, I think it was the second week of January, I, I talked about, I I spoke a message and I talked out of the book of Nehemiah talking about building undistracted in this season, shaking off intimidation. I, I really feel like I know that's, I feel like all of 2020 was somewhat of that. Um, I feel like it's still some of this. I think right now we're navigating a season in the church, in the business world, in government, really in all facets of life where there's so much intimidation out there coming at us. You know, what if we say the wrong thing? What if we say the right thing the wrong way? What if we say this because we really believe it and we just offend all these people and you know are put, are, are put on Facebook or put on Instagram and a viral video goes out about us that we were this and things were taken out of context. I mean, there's just so many crazy scenarios out there now, I think more than ever. Uh, and I think it's caused fear in the church, it's caused fear in North America especially. I think there's fear of persecution in Canada, in the U.S. I think there's fear in so many new areas that there wasn't fear before. That if you speak out about this thing, you're just going to get taken out. You're going to be canceled. Listen, we don't serve a cancel culture. We serve a reconciliation and a redemptive culture. And it's called the kingdom of God. In the kingdom, it's about redemption. In the kingdom, it's about reconciliation. In the kingdom, it's about healing. It's about not counting your past against you. Listen, if that was the case, Jesus would have not come and died a sinless death. He would have hold your past against you and said, no, there's no hope for you. You're just canceled. You're going to hell. No, but Jesus said, while you were in your worst place, while you were still yet a sinner, Romans says, I came and died for you. That's the kind of culture we serve. It's kingdom culture. It's not a worldly culture. I think in this, in this season of life, there's just so much intimidation around. If I do this or I do that, I'm just going to get canceled out. And my prayer for us as a, as, a, as a community, but also as believers watching, wherever you're watching from, is that we would get more bold in our faith. And we would get more strong in our understanding of what's true and not true. That we would get into the word in this season, dig deeper than we ever have before. Now, here's the thing though. Not every fight is your fight. Not every battle is your battle. And I've said this over and over again. You can fight the wrong battles. for If you fight them too long, you're going to actually end up losing the battles you're called to win. Not every battle is called, you're called to fight. You got to stay in your lane. So I'm not saying just get bold about everything. I'm saying get bold about the right things, the things that you know God's put in your, <clears throat> in your mission-oriented call in life, your kingdom vision call, and be the best at that. Be the best fighter at that. But all the more in this season, as we do not bow to the intimidation, the fear that's coming at us from all around us, we need even more in this season to have clarity and vision. Like I said, what battles are we called to fight. We need kingdom vision 
in this season. I've been asking myself a lot in this past season. In the last, I'd say more specifically though, three to four weeks, what does leadership look like in this season? What does my leadership look like in this season? I know we've been in this pandemic. I was talking to a leader in Buffalo just last week about how, you know, it will be, and I think it's in three weeks from now, we will have been online only, not meeting in person for one whole year. Can you believe that? That is just, I I never thought, okay? I never thought, you didn't either. I mean, no one thought we'd be in this for this long. No one thought that we would, even experienced maybe a pandemic in our life. I mean, you know, 12 Monkeys, you know, the movie back in the day, that was like a, that I always think about when I think about this pandemic, I think about the movie 12 Monkeys and the, and the, and the virus that spread and all these other movies that came out about pandemics and epidemics. And it's like, we're living in a movie, at least in Ontario anyways, the rest of the world. If you're in Florida, you don't even have any grid what we're talking about. But anyways, so I've, asking, I've been asking myself this question about what does leadership look like in this season? And I've been looking at the life of Moses. Now I'm getting off track. I'm not talking about Moses today. Um, I may talk about Moses though in, in several weeks from now, but I've been thinking about this. What What does our leadership look like in this season? Like, are we in a Moses, I confront Pharaoh season, let my people go, you know, because Moses, when he was called to deliver the people of Israel who were in Egypt, enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years, Moses was raised up as a deliverer to his people, okay, and Moses had to go to Pharaoh, to the Pharaoh, and ask, this is 10 times, because there was 10 different plagues, ask Pharaoh to let the people go, there was a confrontation, There was a showdown, okay? Are we in a season like that? Are we in a season where, you know, like Moses had a season where he was in hiddenness for 40 years after he, you know, uh, took out an Egyptian, murdered an Egyptian, fled for his life, and ended up, you know, serving his father and father-in-law Jethro for 40 years, taking care of sheep as a shepherd. Went from like the palace because he was raised, adopted. He was raised in Egypt in palace life. And then Lily was literally was exiled, so to speak, out of that space and kind of kind of back to his roots, but as a shepherd serving his father-in-law for 40 years before he was called to go deliver the people. But he was in hiddenness, he was in isolation. Are we in that type of season? I know that the 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 restrictions have enforced that type of season, but it doesn't mean that we are called to be in that type of season. Or are we in a Red Sea moment season? where Moses is, you know, he's delivered the people out of the hand of Pharaoh and they get to their first big obstacle and now he's questioning or they're questioning whether or not he's heard from God and they're following the right leader. And they get to this Red Sea moment, they can't cross and Moses just has to put up his staff and God says, just let me fight. Just be still, let me fight. It's my fight. What kind of season are we in? What does our leadership look like? What does your leadership look like expressed in this season so important that we get vision about that and clarity about that so that we can accomplish the mission that god has called us to accomplish now vision kingdom vision more specifically enables strength in our lives having no vision okay disables or withdraws the strength that we do have from our lives let me read proverbs a very familiar verse you've all probably heard before when hearing any teaching about vision Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, where there is no vision from God, from who? I put that in the the scripture there because it's very important. It doesn't just say where there is no vision. Where there is no vision from God. We need kingdom vision, okay? Kingdom vision, a vision from the king himself. This is what we're talking about. Very different than just vision. When there is no vision, the, the word broken down actually is prophetic insight or prophetic revelation or God's voice to us that gives us clarity to see straight, to see clear, to see right. Where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. Happiness is directly tied to having vision in light, having God's instruction. No happiness equals no strength. I would propose that there is no joy without vision. There's no joy without vision because there's no strength without vision. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Very important we understand the power of vision in our life. A bored human is a dangerous human. A bored human is a dangerous human. The Bible says here it runs wild because when there's no vision, there's no guardrails to keep you in check. And when you're bored and out of check or unchecked, you're unaccountable. And when you're unaccountable, you may just run wild. When you lose vision in your life, it may be one of the most dangerous spaces to be. This is why it's so important that we understand the value of kingdom vision. And I would propose this to all of us, that everyone out there listening has vision right now. They just need to find it. They need to go on a search to find it. And why do I believe that? Because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. In the realm of our faith, there is a vision from God. It's called the mission of God that's been assigned to us for our life. Now, the way we find it is by finding him. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, vision begins to unfold. We can sit there for hours and find a, you know, map out what's the vision for my life. That's great, do that. But the Bible is very clear that many of the plans are many are the plans of a man's heart, but in the end it's God who makes them succeed. So, God orders the steps. So, in the end, you can you can plan all you want. That's great, do that. But when you get a hold of the one who's created the plan, vision begins to unfold and vision just becomes a part of who you are. You begin to manifest. That's what good leadership is. Good leadership doesn't just, doesn't just have to announce a vision, but embodies the very vision. And that's why they're attractive. And that's why people follow them. And that's why they can build something because they embody vision, okay? So this is an encouragement for all of us. Now, like I said, I believe you have it. You just have to find it. Jesus is the author and finisher. And because if you are united with Jesus, if you are one with him, okay, and he is one with you, if you've let him into your life, if he is the, if he is the Lord over your life, guess what? If vision is connected to him and you're connected to him, you have vision. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, all praise to, the, to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We have everything we need right now. We just have to access it. The whole journey of our spiritual life is centered around this concept of access. Accessing what we already have. It's the good news. It's so good that we already have it all. And the good news is we already have it all. And all we have to do is access, just open the door. And this is a journey of relationship and unfolding that happens through, through finding him and pursuing him and developing relationship with him. I want to talk about the three elements of stewarding kingdom vision today. The three elements of stewarding kingdom vision. Number one, finding it. I've said that already. Finding it. Just start running. Start somewhere. Get to it. Get on with what we already know. You're like, well, how do we find it? Well, find Jesus, okay? Number one. Number two, very easy, okay? After we find Jesus to find it, which is vision, okay? Start acting out and living out what we already know is God's plan for our life. Matthew 6, God's plan is that the kingdom of heaven would come on earth as it is in heaven, in and through our lives. We're called to be citizens of heaven, administrators of heaven. We're called to release the kingdom of God wherever we are. We're called to love people, love God, love people. Very simple, but so simple yet so deep and so complex in the sense that as that begin to, begins to unfold, guess what happens? You begin to live out the vision that God has for your life. Now you may be saying, well, isn't there some sort of structure and strategy? Absolutely. But don't wait for all the structure and strategy before you start doing the first thing God's told you to do, and that's love him and love people. And when you begin to do that, guess what? You begin to embody God's vision over your life. You don't have to fully, fully understand it all. The reality is, like I said, when you find him, you find it. The opposite is also true. When you lose sight of him, you lose it. What's it? Vision. Let me go back to the beginning of that verse, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers, these cloud of witnesses who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running. To find it, just start. Just go after the things that God has already told you to go after. Love the neighbor. 
Love your, you know, your family. Love your coworkers. Just start doing the mission of God and watch God's kingdom vision begin to unfold. Because maybe up until now, you've had vision for your life. Great. But let me ask you, is it kingdom vision? Do you understand the why as to why you are at your job? Why you have and rub shoulders every day with these specific coworkers? Do you understand your why? Are you there just because of security? for a good retirement plan? Are you with the government just because one day you're gonna be able to retire at 65 and have a great pension? Or do you see the vision behind why you're there that goes beyond just security, financial provision, and all of the obvious logical reasons? This is what I wanna challenge us all with today is do we understand our kingdom vision, our mission, why we are doing or why we are in the environment we are in every day? Great example of people who start off really well or start off on on fire and they want to reach the world. They have kingdom vision. They have, you know, great excitement to share your story. And then the fire goes out. The fire goes out. They may start with kingdom vision. They may start with, you know, a big heart. You know, they get saved. They have their encounter with Jesus, you know, and they all they want to do is share their story. Great. They've started the journey of kingdom vision. They're on fire. And maybe they don't know how it's going to look like expressed in five, ten years from now. They don't. I didn't. I didn't. I just started with what I knew. I just started running. I started walking. I just started sharing my story. I just started sharing and going out to the streets and loving on people, literally sharing my testimony, praying for people, prophesying over people. I had no agenda to build a ministry, to build a church, no even desire to do any of that. I just wanted to follow the plan of God for my life. And vision began to unfold. This mission began to unfold in my life. But I've watched this as an example, people who've started out well, okay, and then begin to lose that fire. Because now all of a sudden, hard things begin to happen in their life. Challenging things begin to happen. Responsibility begins to happen. I liken it to like a fire. You know, when you're starting a fire, it's great, you've started the fire. But if that fire is not big enough, too much responsibility too quickly will choke out and squash out the fire. It's like, you know, starting a fire. If, if, if it's not a, a blaze, right? And I start putting more wood on the fire, more responsibility in life on the fire, worry and all these things and, and, and plan B's and plan C's in case plan A doesn't work out. There's not enough breathing room underneath and so the fire gets squelched. But if you let that fire grow and you keep stoking that fire and begin to slowly add fire, wood onto the fire, there'll come a time when the fire is so big that whatever you put on it, it will just get burned up. And I liken that to responsibilities in life. I liken that to the worries of life. I liken that to all the things that happen as we grow in our vision. We are able to handle more, but too much too quick can take our fire out. And I want to encourage all of us out there that sometimes we take on too much too quick. And that's why our fire is going out. And I want to encourage us all in this season, like I've said over and over again the last several weeks, to fan into flame these, these embers that are in your soul. Fan into flame these gifts that are within you. Like Paul encouraged Timothy, let that fire burn again in this season and watch what God does. Um, like I said, how do we, you know, how do we find it? Find him. How do we find vision? Find him. Redirect our motivation. Or how about define our motivation? Change our perspective that what we do has a God vision behind it. That's not just a job to make money. Because I believe that you're there wherever you are for a reason. But you have to change your perspective to actually draw on what God wants to do in that environment. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, whatever you do, do it as service to him and he will guarantee your success. So just decide today, okay? I know it's really simple. It's easier said than done. Decide today that whatever you're doing right now, whatever you're currently committed to, responsible for, leadership roles, maybe it's in church, maybe it's in your job, maybe it's in family, uh, relationships, friendships, whatever it is, whatever you've committed to, do it as service to God. Look at your, your, your functionality or your, your function in life with man around you, okay, with mankind around you. Look at that as service to God and watch God's vision, kingdom vision, begin to continue to unfold. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says in the same, uh, the same verse, right, in a different translation, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Just commit whatever it is that you do. And when you do that, 
success will actually become significance because God's version of success is actually what we would look at as significance. Everything we do now will succeed and have significance in a different way because we're committing our actions to God. Committing our actions to God. Now, my journey, and I kind of reference this a little bit, like how I started out over 19 years ago now, I never desired to be in ministry. I never desired to, to have a church community. I never desired any of that. Now, obviously, like I don't believe that God just gives you all the desires for your whole life all at one time. I mean, your desires begin to unravel over time like a ball of yarn. They don't just You don't just get to the bottom of it right away, right? As you grow and as you go in life, vision begins to unfold. You begin to see more. You begin to to hear more from, from, from God in this area and your relationship begins to grow and your favor with man begins to grow and as a result of you accessing the favor of God in your life and you begin to see what God has for you and it's beautiful. But for me in the very beginning, like I thought all I was going to do was music. I thought, okay, I gave my life to Jesus and I'm like, people are having encounters around me. I'm sharing my story. I'm on the street. I'm going into the club. I'm going into the bar. Amazing things are happening. I'm seeing God heal people in front of my eyes. I mean, as a 19 year old and, and I'm seeing this stuff. Okay. And I'm, my mind is blown. And, and once again, I have no vision necessarily to be in ministry. I didn't even know. I didn't even have a grid, honestly, for what that even could look like or would look like. Um, and so really I had no, I had no business card, you know, I had none of that stuff. And it just began to unfold as I was faithful with the obvious that his, it was his desire to have heaven on earth come through me in any environment that I, any environment that I, where, where I would be like any environment that I was, whether it was at work. Okay. While I, cause I had my encounter, I, I actually, I had a job at one point multiple times I had a, I had a normal job, like all 19, 18 year olds have. Right. And I had to learn to steward that job and say, okay, God, okay. Ministry is not just in church. Ministry is not a traveling itinerant speaker ministry. And at that time I didn't even have a grid for that ministry is actually wherever I am. So grocery store, gas station, um, you know, uh, workplace, uh, coffee shop, the street, wherever I was, that's where ministry was because I would embody heaven on earth. Heaven is in me. Heaven is in you. So wherever I was, heaven also was. So it was a matter of me administrating that. And as I begin to do that in my workplace, wherever I was, it was like God began to show me a glimpse of what now he began to have for me. I wasn't trying to get it. I didn't have to try to make it happen. It just began to happen. Now, don't hear this and say, everything in life is going to happen by chance. I'm not even saying it happened by chance to me. I'm just saying that I stewarded what I knew and God began to expand what I knew into something more. And that's what God wants to do for you. Part of finding it is simply starting, simply running with what you already know, loving your neighbor, loving God and seeing the rest happen as a result. I love how it, it says, look, let go of the, the excess, no spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, undivided attention. And if you feel like you're struggling to find it, go over that story again, the Hebrew writer says. Go over the story. If you feel like you're flagging in your faith, go over the story again and let that fire happen. Let that fire get breathed on again so that you can see what he has for you. So number one, finding it. Number two, we have to, in stewarding kingdom vision, we have to be protecting it, protecting the vision that God's given us. Protect it. If he has called you to have vision, he has called you to keep the vision, okay? Now, I've said it already, but in the chapter that we're breaking down a little bit, Hebrews 12, I'm not really teaching, I'm kind of more instructing today, but Hebrews chapter 12, later on in the first few verses, it says, keep your eyes on Jesus. So if you want vision, start running. To protect it, you have to keep, okay? Part of protecting is keeping. So to protect something is to keep um, uh, keep. Uh, a strong management over it in a healthy way so that you don't lose it. And to keep it is you have to keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race that we're in. In other words, like he's the one who's the author of it all anyways. So if you want what he has for you, keep your eyes on the one who wants what he has for you to be manifest through you. But part of keeping it or part of protecting it is to study how he did it. Look at the life of Jesus. He is our role model, the greatest role model. He is the leader that we're after. 
He is the one that we're following. So if you want to win in life, study how he did it. Study his perseverance. Study his life. Study how he managed pain. Study the life of Jesus. Read the four gospels. Obviously read the rest, but read the four gospels. Get into the life of Jesus. Study how he did it. Watch how he navigated going to the cross, dying and resurrecting. Watch that whole thing. And if you feel like you're struggling, keep going over that story over and over again until the fire gets hotter and hotter. This is part of shaking off the distractions in this season. If we want to protect our vision, we have to shake off the distractions, shake off the intimidation in this season. And some of the things that are causing us to... Um, you know, lose vision in this season are these distractions that I've talked about in a previous message. Let me just go over a few of them. Some of the distractions that are causing us to, uh, in, in losing vision. We're not, you know, we're not protecting it the way that we should. Number one, distractions of self, distractions of taking on the wrong responsibilities, distracting of distractions of fighting in the wrong battles, the distraction of fear and insecurity, the distraction of worthlessness. It's a big one. You feel worthless, so how can you be a person, a woman, a man of vision when you just feel like trash all the time? The distraction of bad news. Lots of bad news right now. Lots of bad news. Sometimes you just got to like separate yourself from the news so you can get the good news, which is the news that the Hebrew writer is telling you to go over again if you're flagging in your faith. Some of the only reasons why you're flagging in your faith right now is because you actually watch the news more than you listen and read the good news. Be more than you are in the, the word, getting the good news to remind you of why you started in the first place. What's the ratio, okay? Distraction of bad news. How about the distraction of always dealing with the urgent instead of the more important? Or the distraction, this is an important one, of ruminating on our grief and losses. Our grief and losses. The loss of vision always equals the loss of strength. Now, it says in Psalm 6, verse 7, my vision is blurred by grief. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Vision uh, gets blurred in life when grief is not processed. When grief is at the forefront, not saying that we can't grieve, we need to grieve. But if we begin to, if we live in that space of grief and we ruminate on it and we just meditate on it all day long and so-and-so, you know, left me, so-and-so did this to me, so-and-so betrayed me, so-and-so, it's okay, move through the pain, process the emotion. But if you live in a space where that's occupying and dominating everything, it will blur your vision. It will cause you to lose vision. And when you lose vision, like I said, you will lose strength that we need strength in this season the grief that comes with the loss will steal your clarity but healing will give it back to you so there's always a better side there's always two sides to every coin you may be in the grief side right now but know that healing will give everything that you've lost back to you i remember it for me in 2014 something happened in uh in 2014 during while we were leading uh the church and it caused me so much pain. Something very, very uh, intense happened to Michelle and I. I, I. I think I shared a little bit about part of that journey, you know, and how we went on this vacation, 10-day, all paid for, inclusive, you know, Mexican resort. It was just an amazing, amazing time of refreshing. But in 2015, we went through a really, really hard season. And it blurred my vision. I was going through a grieving process. It was it lasted six months. I mean, I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I navigated it. But it was a struggle. It was a six month of processing with mentors, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, accountability, and getting the help that I needed to process something painful that had taken place in my life. And I remember, you know, part of the journey, not only was it mentors in my life encouraging me and helping me to see right and clear away and move away some of that grief so I could see vision again and have clarity again but and get healing. But part of it was, I remember I was in my dining room uh, at one of the one of my, the houses I was living at. I was at a, uh, my, my old house. I was at a, in my dining room and I was reading the life of Joseph. This is one of the reasons why I love the life of Joseph so much. I was reading the story of Joseph. And when I read the story of Joseph, I usually read the whole thing. And I was reading the story of Joseph and I was meditating on the story of Joseph and the reconciliation and the forgiveness that he had with his brothers. And I remember getting to the end of the story and just weeping. I mean, I wept so hard, like literally my face was in my Bible and I was soaking, I was literally soaking the pages of my Bible. 
And in that moment, it was like God brought healing to my soul. And we go through seasons like this, you guys. Listen, no one's immune to uh, challenges, attacks. No one's immune to uh, uh, pain. No one's immune to forms of suffering. We go through it, but it's how we react to it, how we respond to it. I wasn't just there letting the grief overtake me. Yes, I was struggling with grief. I was struggling with pain. I was struggling with hurt in my heart, but every day I was fighting for healing. I was fighting to lean in, to see different, because I knew that my vision was getting blurred. I knew that because of grief, it became a roadblock to me. And so I was reaching out to people. I just need, I need some breakthrough. And it took about, I'd say about six months. And I remember at the end of that six months, I had this encounter in the word and it changed the game for the condition of my soul. Like the Bible says, it shot adrenaline into my soul again. I put a fight back into me again and it changed the game. My prayer for you is the same. Maybe you're going through a season like that. Maybe it's been six months. Maybe it's been two months. Maybe you've had a breakup recently relationally. Maybe you're going through a bankruptcy or a business failure, disappointment. Listen, don't let grief be your thing. Go through it, move through it, process it, reach out to the right people, get into the word, like stay connected to Jesus in your perspective and watch him heal you and take the cloud and turn it into clarity. Because right now what happens is grief is like a cloud. It's a cloud that blurs our vision. But when healing comes, that cloud is turned into clarity and we begin to see again. Psalms 34 verse uh, five says that I love this says look to him and shine so shame will never contort your faces and I I read that that verse because it connects to really this second point of protecting our vision by keeping our eyes undivided on Jesus it's just reminding us when we look to him we reflect what we're looking at because he shines he is the light of the world when we look at him we reflect his image okay so look to him and shine I love how he says that the, the writer says this it says this so shame, okay, will never contort your face because shame has a way of disfiguring your own beauty, of not showcasing who you really are. But when you look to him, you reflect who you really are because who you really are is only found in him. The real version of you, Colossians says, is found in Jesus. Some of us are walking around with contorted faces. We don't even know it because we never looked to him. But the moment you begin to look to him, all of a sudden you begin to reflect a whole different side of you. And that's the real version of you that was always created to shine. This word shine means to flow together. When you look to him, there's a partnership that happens. It means to be lightened or it comes from the root sparkle. Okay. When you look to him, if you want to sparkle in life, you look to him, you keep your eyes on Jesus undivided and watch the vision that begins to unfold in and through your life. This word shame also means brought to confusion or disappointed. So let me look at this this way. Look to him and sparkle so that confusion or disappointment will not show on your face. So many people don't want to get around your vision, don't get, get around you because all they feel from you, maybe they can't put a finger on it, is they see disappointment, they see confusion. Maybe you don't even notice it, but they feel it. They feel it. You wonder why things aren't maybe moving forward sometimes. I wonder if it's because we've gotten our eyes off of Jesus. People are attracted to Jesus. The soul of every human is attracted to the real Jesus. And when we get our eyes off of him, it begins to break up everything good in our life that's called to be significant. I love that the, one of the words for faces. I, I want to stay here because I like this. Breaking it down actually means battle. One of the definitions for uh, faces is actually battle. So let me read it like this. Look to him and be lightened or sparkle. So confusion or disappointment will never contort or cause you to lose the battle that you were called to win. I love this, you guys. When you look to him, you win the battles you were always created to win. My prayer is that confusion and disappointment would be something that you move through in this season so you begin to win again where you feel like you've been losing. So number one, we have finding it, okay? Finding it, keys to stewarding kingdom vision. Finding it, number two, protecting it. Number three, my last point, is manifesting it. To manifest vision is to move through whatever stands in the way. 
If you want to manifest vision in life, like I said, as you get to know Jesus, as you begin to look to him, as you begin to just do the simple things, okay? You begin to embody it, okay? You may not have all the language around the strategy, okay? Strategy is not vision. That's strategy, okay? Strategy is a part of vision, but it's not vision, okay? Mission is a part of vision, but it's not vision, okay? So this is manifesting vision, first of all, is a part of, it has to become you. You have to become the very thing that you want to see. Manifesting vision only happens by moving through whatever stands in the way. We don't manifest our vision because we often don't believe that, write this down, pain and promise go hand in hand. And that pressure and purpose also go hand in hand. We don't manifest it because we let these things stop us. We don't like the pain, so we walk away. We don't like the pressure, so we get out. We don't want pressure in life, but we want purpose. We want to escape pain, but then we want promise. Doesn't make sense. We want reward, but we won't take the risks in life. We want the destiny, but run from discipline. We need to meditate on this. There's things that we want and there's things that we don't want. But the reality of it is often to get the things that we want, we have to embrace the things that we don't want. To get the things that we want, we have to embrace the things that we don't want. And I believe perseverance is one of the greatest keys at the helm of all of this, at the core of all of this in manifesting or better described as being or, or better described as seeing his vision for your life manifested. Perseverance is the ability to push through anything along the way. And Jesus manifested it through his life, ministry, death, and resurrection. He moved through the pain and into the purpose. And this is coming back to why the, I believe the Hebrew writer says this in Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, 1 to 3, moving down the line a little bit when he talks about study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He manifested vision because Jesus chose to persevere through all the things that came against him that would try to squash the vision of God over his life. It says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, because he wanted to finish well, finish the race. It says he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. Look at what he manifested vision through. He had to get through all these obstacles. He had to manifest who he was. He had to manifest vision. And the way he manifested vision was literally by moving through, plowing through, persevering through what was coming against him. Some of us need a dose of this in this season. And if we do, if we understand why we are doing what we are doing, if we go over that story again, let that fuel be added to the fire of our life. Looking unto him, undivided. This is what the promise is. I love how the message uh, uh, writes this out. This will shoot adrenaline into your souls. You know that adrenaline is a, a hormone, okay, that is released, that prepares the body for flight or fight. My prayer is that in this season, a new level of spiritual Holy Ghost adrenaline would shoot into your souls, that you would have a new fight in you. I don't care how old you are, how close to the end of your life you think you are, how young you are, or how middle-aged you feel like you are, the crisis that you're in, middle age right now, whatever stage you find yourself in, when you get that adrenaline pumping in your soul, that fight begins to return again. That fight for healing that has blurred your vision, that has robbed you of kingdom vision, that fight to see life and circumstances the way that God sees it, that's my prayer for all of us in this season. It's time for a little bit of adrenaline into our souls. I want to pray for us in this season. I want to pray and believe that God is going to change the equation for you. Every week, every week, my prayer is that God would give you new strength, new, uh, a new enabling energy to not give up, a new enabling energy to not quit, not only in your relationship with God, but the mission and the vision and the strategies and the goals and the targets that God has given you, but not at the expense of being in first place. God wants to be your first place. And when he is, you will have the kingdom vision that God has called you to have. But before we even get there, 
we need to make a decision to let Jesus into our life. I'm going to pray with you in just a second, but before we do that, for all those watching that have never said yes to Jesus, this is the greatest, this is, this is God's, this is God's um, most hoped for vision for your life, is that you would just say yes. You would open up your hands and open up your heart freely and receive the greatest gift that he ever died to give you. He died, resurrected, died a sinless death, resurrected on the third day to give you the gift of eternal life. All you have to do is unwrap it. There's no, there's no conditions, no strings attached, not joining a club. You're simply joining in on his family. You were always created and destined to be adopted into the family of God. But you have the choice whether or not to accept those adoption papers or not by saying, yes, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that you died on a cross, a sinless death, and that you were raised to new life to give me new life. That your death on the cross was for, for my forgiveness, for my healing, to set me free, to heal my whole self, to give me new life. Your resurrection was to show me that there's a better way, a better life, and not only here on earth, but after I die. And so today, Jesus, I say yes to you as God in my life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love into my life. I receive the power of your Holy Spirit. And I believe that you were truly resurrected on the third day. If you said that, if you leaned into that, if you connected with what I just said, I want to say this to you. That is the best decision you've ever made in your life. That's God's vision for you. God's vision for you is that you would first and foremost know him in relationship and then make him known. That's his plan for you. So simple. So if you said that, I would encourage you, email the email on the screen. Let us know in the chat. We'd love to be a part of your journey. Pray with you. Send you some resources. I know you will not regret this decision of journeying with the creator of not only the universe, but of you. And he has a plan and purpose for your life. But for the rest of us, I want to pray for us right now that God would restore, that God would add fuel to the fire of our kingdom vision in this season. Maybe you're on the top of the world. It's all good. God's going to add fuel to your fire. Maybe you're struggling, disappointed, confused. God's going to shift that right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now for those watching through the screen, wherever they're watching from. God, I pray that you would stir them up right now. New vision, new hope. You break confusion off of their life. God, I pray that you would heal them, God. Remove the grief that's haunting them, that's hovering over them, that's become a cloud to their vision. That you would remove the cloud, give them clarity, help them to see through the blurred vision and through the, the cloud in this season and see what you have for them in a clear way in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you'd heal hearts. I pray that you'd strengthen souls. Shoot that adrenaline into our souls today. God, I pray that in this season, we would get a hold of our why. Why do we do what we do? Why are we at our job? Why are we in this family? Why are we on this street? Why are we wherever we are? I pray that we would see our why through your eyes in this season in a whole new way. And we would steward kingdom vision in our life. And maybe God, this whole process, this whole message has been uh, an exposed exposure for us. And we're like, man, this, I don't even know what's up. I don't even know what's down. I don't even know what kingdom vision is for me right now. I'm still struggling with it. God, I just pray that if we're one of those people right now watching, that God, we would just be encouraged to go over the story again. Go over the story of the gospel, what Jesus did, why he died on the cross, why he resurrected, that we go over it again and again. And from that space, I believe that you will empower us. You will enlighten us. You will show us why we are on this earth and what the purpose of our lives really and truly is in Jesus' name. So God, thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. God, I pray through the screen right now that great fire would come on all of us in Jesus' name. Set us ablaze in this season. Give us passion, new passion. And I pray that we would blow our own minds, God, by how we steward this next season in Jesus' name name love you kingdom culture and we will see you next week wow what an amazing sunday yes. guys if you made a decision for the very first time to say yes to jesus we want to celebrate yeah. you we want to connect with you please let us know by prayer at kingdomculture.ca or let us know in the chat we want to get somehow connected to you send resources your way get you plugged in to maybe one of our connect groups really let's connect so let yeah. us know prayer at kingdomculture.ca
Well, that's it for this Sunday. Yes. And uh, we loved having you with us. And we hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Bye, yes. Guys. Enjoy the Connect Groups. Bye.